Hi everyone, I'm Wanda, the CEO and founder of Salty Coffee. How is everyone doing today? It's Sunday, Sunday fun day. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about um, the Salty Coffee podcast. So I started this podcast because I noticed that a lot of folks are in the process of retiring and they did not know what benefits they had available for them and what other options they had for them. And that sounds kind of crazy. And also there's a new generation coming in which may have no idea what to do in the next 30 years or how to save money. So I thought it was important to start a podcast to provide people with resources and to just give them a sense of what options they have. So when you go to my website at www.saltycoffeellc.com, you'll see the overall resources and information that's available for you. Also, this month we will be discussing breast cancer awareness and domestic violence awareness. So stay tuned. Um, on my website, I do have the calendar of events. So stay tuned there so that you can get more information on resources on where to get free testing and resources on where if you have a friend or you know family member who is dealing with domestic violence that information will be on my website as well so today we have jd rose who's a freelancer and she's going to talk a little bit about how that works for her and maybe you can get a sense and an idea of what you can do, what options you have. So I'm going to add her now. Hi, JD. Hi, Wanda. Hi, everybody. Hi, how are you? How good. was your day? Good, good. How about you? I'm good. I feel, you know, relaxed. I'm glad we did this at 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I was, yeah, I was able to do a lot today and on my own time, you know, not rushing it. So I feel a lot better. Thank you. Okay. And thank you for accepting my invite to speak to my audience who most of them are in their 50s, 40s, late 30s, um, the working class or single moms. And so I did invite you because I want to know, and I'm sure many people want to know, how as a freelancer you do it and, mm -hmm. and balance it all out. So give us a little bit about overall yourself, and then we'll talk from there for each one. Okay. Okay, so um, I have about um, four, at least four different occupations. Um, four. <laughs> four. Yeah, I'm going to name them. I'm going to name okay. them. Um, two of them are seasonal, and uh, the other two are, for the most part, freelance. And I, I ended up just by doing, doing all of them, just by exploring my interests, right? Okay. So, um, so the one that I've been doing the longest is um, I, I am a freelance uh, studio director for a local news channel. Okay. And I was always interested in production. And so um, being freelance, able to, being able to work freelance allows me to create my own schedule. 
And so uh, aside from that, I, I prepare taxes. I am a tax preparer. Great. Uh, for uh, for a, a tax chain, a, a company. And um, I just had an interest in that because I just wanted to know what all the loopholes were, uh, especially for the self-employed uh, and uh, sole proprietors, uh, small businesses. And I've been doing that for about 15 years. So I've got 20 years freelance directing and I've got 15 years preparing taxes. And along the way, um, around the same time that I started doing taxes, I was interested, and because of my directing in local news, um, I became interested in makeup. I am a professional makeup artist. Nice. Yeah, where I, um, I do makeup professionally. I'm out in the field. I'm on call. Um, I just completed my fourth magazine cover for a Hamptons circulation uh, publication called Social Life Magazine. I've done four covers for them. And uh, actually, they just called me. I have a, a shoot next weekend okay. for a four-page spread. Um, and I, I do makeup for productions, uh, whether it's independent films or commercials or photo shoots. Uh, I work with photographers. Uh, occasionally, I'll do weddings and a bride, right? So that's freelance for me. Uh, I get called to do makeup, and then I, I'm rearranging my schedule. Okay. And then the fourth occupation that I had was, uh, which I've only been doing, that's what I've been doing for the least amount of time, probably for about nine years now, is in the summertime, I bartend. Uh, so um, I, that's just for the summer. Um, I just do that just to get out and, um, and party. Uh, so as far as production goes, um, I've, I've also been a, a filmmaker, and uh, I've worked on other people's productions. I've produced for other people. Um, I've directed for other people and independent projects as well. And um, so I just use uh, bartending in the summertime just to socialize and just to get out. And you're able to do that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna go back into that and remind me to ask you that question, how does that work now with the COVID? But um, going back to the director part, Yes. Um, you said 20 years. <laughs> That's a long time. So 20 years, uh, how, how has that worked for you? Like you, you, when you first started 20 years ago, Yes. you came straight out of college. Did you, how did you get into that? Why, what made you interested? Did someone reach to you and said, Hey, come on here. You're good at this. Let's, we want to check you out. Well, here's the thing. So I got my bachelor's degree in business administration and a concentration in marketing and a minor in Spanish, right? So I started working in corporate America and I was bored. Okay. And I, was, I always had an interest in production and I used to uh, uh, be a wedding videographer on the side. That was like a side hustle. Okay. I was always the camera, the camera girl at the weddings. <laughs> and so um, then... Uh, what happened? Actually, I got into, the way the story goes is I actually got into a minor fender bender. I mean, I hated my corporate job, right? My nine to five, hated it. And I got into this fender bender and I said, you know what? This is my chance. And I, I reworked my resume 
And the funny story is, is that um, my ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend got me an interview on the Beastman. <laughs> that, that's the true, true story. Well, um, that's good. Yeah, because you got to know somebody to get in. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was also, at the time, I was also doing work with my local public access channel. So I, I at least a whole dozen of shows that I produced and directed for public access for free. And so I got this interview uh, with this nationally syndicated television show. And B. Smith, uh, at the time, was being referred to as the Black Martha Stewart. She had a magazine. She was a model. Um, she, she recently passed away in, in 2020. Okay. And, but, um, so I got this, so I got the job. And uh, so that was my first show. And then that show got, went on hiatus. And then I went on to a show called Judge Mills Lane. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I came on that show for about a year. Yep. Uh, behind the scenes in, in production. And then um, I, I got the best, the best advice from uh, the, uh, one of the executive producers of the show. He says, what is it you want to do? I said, I want to direct. And he said, okay, well then what you need to is you need to go check local news because they never go out on hiatus. Right. So, um, I managed to finagle my way into this network and I haven't turned back since. That's great. And how does that work? So now you're in, how does that work with your scheduling? Because I do know that you have a very strange schedule <laughs> for that type of work. And how do you like biologic, our biological clock doesn't really work with the you know, non nine to five. So I guess you like it in a way because you still do your own thing, but tell us what time you actually wake up and then <laughs> to do that job. Well, here's the thing. Um, I mostly do morning shows, right? That my shift starts at five o'clock in the morning, which means that I have to wake up at three in the morning. Now, the beauty of it is, is that because I'm not full time, that's not my regular schedule all okay. the time. So I, I, it, I totally, it totally works for me. I totally make it work. And that's how you like it. <laughs> that's um, you yeah, like. yeah. I mean, on the weekends, I, I, I can also do the night shift as well um, okay. on the weekends. Uh, usually not weeknights because I do have a 12-year-old daughter. And uh, she needs me. She's got homework. Uh, yeah. I need around. So um, I wanted to be a part-time stay-at-home mom. And working freelance and doing seasonal work is just my way to do it. That's interesting that you said that. So you did that for 20 years. You said she's 12 years old. Right. So how, how did you, like, um, what were you thinking? Like, what happened? You know, because you're still doing the other stuff then later on, right? Yes. Um, you probably started doing the other three gigs a little bit after she was born, or? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So right. how, how did that work? Like, what inspired you then to do, I know the tax preparation part, which we're gonna get back into that like deeper a little bit. Yes. But um, the the makeup artist and then the summertime was it because you had to find additional funding for take care of your daughter? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, working freelance, the thing is, is that I never know what my pay is gonna be, what my paycheck is gonna be. Okay. Right. And so I work when people either are out sick or take a day off or they're out on vacation. Okay. So I don't have a steady schedule. 
So I needed to supplement my income and I wanted to sub supplement my income with things that I'm even remotely interested in, right? right? So I became interested in makeup because my shift would start at five um, and I would see uh, my anchors having coffee before the show starts with no makeup on. And then some magic happened between the time that I just saw you in the kitchen and the time you sat down in front of my camera. And I wanted to know what that, that was. was. So I found a curriculum that was uh, offered um, 105 credit hours from the New York State Department of Education. And uh, I, took that, I took that course and then I've just been out, out in the field ever since. Okay. Usually word of mouth. And I also sell makeup too, which you know. I know. Independent beauty really consultant. Yes. <clears throat> but as a makeup artist, what did you notice about, because um, you had mentioned before that people go into it, like how much, was, how much did that cost? Right. And, and how much money did you get back out of it for right. doing that? Because it, it's, not, it's not cheap um, if people are interested in doing something like that. Right. So at the time, uh, the course, uh, the curriculum uh, cost um, uh, $3,000. Okay. And that was back in the early 2006. 2006. Um, I'm sure the price has since gone up. I, I'm sure. Yeah. And... Um, People take curriculums, whether including my makeup class, and they take curriculums for a variety of things, and then they don't pursue it. It's just like when I started doing taxes, I had to take the course, the introductory tax course that was all being offered. And there are people that just took it just because they thought they'd learn how to everything they need to know to do taxes, not. Um, but they just they they just don't want to work it. Um, but I did. And I've, I've gotten better at both. I've gotten better at makeup. I've gotten better at taxes. I was teaching taxes last fall. Okay. Fall of 2019. Um, so you're going to do your own thing on, t you know, the YouTube lessons on how to do, like, just do your own JD introduction, you know? <laughs> no, no, not, oh, you mean like a tutorial? Yeah, yeah, like build your own, you know, app where people can learn. Um, it's just a thought. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. No, I, I actually just uh, launched my YouTube channel, which a link that you can uh, post if you'd like. Okay. Um, and basically what's on there are various credits of production work that I've done over the decades, right? I've got decades worth of things that I've produced, that I've directed, that I've done voiceovers for. And, it's, and so I just decided that to just post it there um, because it was just sitting here at home on DVD collecting dust. <laughs> so I may as well just post it. Yeah. Let people see what I, what I can do, what I've done. I've done a lot. I, I know. I, I saw some videos. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about that with the bartending for the summer and socializing, but right. I saw your videos and I was, re I could not have <laughs> seen that coming. <laughs> Because I always thought of you as a quiet, shy person, you know, behind mm -hmm. the scenes. You know, the quiet ones you got to watch, Wanda. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, that is true. But I was, mm -hmm. I was surprised and I was, like, excited, too, at the same time. Because right. I've seen your daughter and I'm like, oh, my God, this is where she gets it from. 
if right. he was to get that get that creativity and I that so. yeah 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 so speaking of daughters let's go back into the tax thing yes so one of the things that our listeners and viewers um for my platform who have messaged me um we have a networking party once a month mm -hmm. we did our first one last month and one of the biggest conversations that we had was about taxes right and you know we are generally um instructed that if you work for someone you have to pay taxes and then you file your taxes and then you either owe or you get a refund whatever or reimburse for the overpayment because right. i never call yeah i never call it a refund but um and a lot of at least two of the people that were there they didn't know this that if they started to sell, like, let's say Avon, or they started to sell paparazzi jewelry, mm -hmm. they didn't realize all of the stuff that they... So give us a little, like, summary of how you experienced your your clients or, uh, I guess, applicants um, or people that filed with you, clients. Mm -hmm. what, give us, like, what have you learned? Like, wow, these people didn't know this, and I'm glad that I took the course to just do this as a job as well. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so uh, when you have uh, self-employment income, whether it's selling Avon or paparazzi, whatever you're selling, if you have self-employment income, essentially you're, you're starting your own business and uh, whether your income is from cash or even if, even if you're receiving uh, uh, check payments or even credit card payments, that opens you up to deductions. Deductions that you would not otherwise be entitled to with just a W-2 that you year from a job with just getting paychecks. It doesn't matter how small or large the amount is that your self-employment income is. For example, um, automatically you use your cell phone uh, half of your cell phone bill for the year is a deduction because the presumption is that you're, you use your cell phone, half personal, half business. That right off the top is, is a deduction. If you use in New York City a metro card, that, uh, that all, if you use that to deliver That's products to clients, not that you use it to go to work every day, but um, if, you, if you need that to get around for uh, for your business, well, guess what? Your monthly, a monthly Metro card for the year is a deduction. All the supplies that, that you incur to run your business, whether it's printer ink, printer paper, pens, pencils, um, a desk, a chair, um, uh, you can a laptop. <laughs> depreciate your laptop, correct, um, your iPad, whatever your supplies are, I mean, in makeup, we have a lot of disposable um, things that we need, right? All of that now becomes a write-off. Um, when I do makeup, I, I've done, I did a, a cover, the September 2020 issue of Social Life magazine, right? We shot that, we did that shoot in July. Well, of course, I'm gonna be in somebody's face, so of course I'm gonna wear a mask, where I usually would, wouldn't in the past, but I'm wearing a mask. Well, guess what? Masks now become a deduction for me. Right. PPE, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's a that's a benefit. That, that's a benefit of um, 
of just having that uh, self-employment income. And what, what would you say for those who do their own taxes? Right. You know, like, cause I, I know a lot of people, they are working a position, a job at somewhere else, but they also mm -hmm. do a little gig on the side, but they think that they do their own taxes. Have you experienced anyone who has done that and then come to you like, Absolutely. okay. And, and why was that? What were they doing? What were the mistakes that they were doing? They were um, missing out on a lot of deductions that they weren't even aware of. And it gets kind of complicated. Understand that the tax preparation, whatever you pay to have your taxes done, guess what? That's a deduction. <laughs> so you may as well have somebody do it for you. Because it's just, it's just going to be a deduction in next year's tax return. So it's people think they're saving money, but no. Right. It's money for you to gain by getting it done. And you had mentioned that you had done taxes for a dancer one time where they used their costumes. Costumes in storage. Yeah. And would that include insurance as well? Their insurance to insure, like, let's say they had their costume in a storage place, but they also paid the insurance for Correct. So long as it's, it, it has to do with work and that it's not, you're not storing furniture. Yeah. Okay. The storage bill for the year. And I have a question, one more. Um, yes. Let's say that cell phone bill is paid by a family member. Can you still add that on your? Well, here's the thing. Um, IRS loves a paper trail. And at any point in time, you can get a letter three years after the tax return is completed from the IRS saying that, well, you claimed all these business deductions. Uh, now prove it. They want to see receipts. Okay. At which point you'd have to produce the bill. And if you were in an audit, uh, you'd have to be able to prove that whoever bill, whosever who's name uh, is on that bill, you have to be able to prove that it was for you and not for them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. um, that was awesome. So tell, tell us a little bit more about your summer uh, when you bartend. So what did you, you, what are you doing now since the COVID? How are you replacing that summer seasonal freelance position? What are you doing? What did you do this summer aside from the, that magazine um, makeup Shoot, cover? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so well, because of the pandemic, um, no parties. Uh, so no, I did not bartend this summer, but however, news media is essential. So especially with all of the press conferences that the governor was doing, um, I was working more than I ever have uh, at the news station, putting in all kinds of extra hours. So that's great. So, so that really, it goes to show people that sometimes when something bad happens, you, you have to have a backup for everything else. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're doing it right. I like that. <laughs> I, like to, I like to think so. Yeah. I mean, I tell people, well, I'm freelance, and even some uh, permanently uh, employed people look down well. Um, you know, well, you don't have your own schedule. You never know what your pay is going to be. But, you know, the operative word is free. I've got peace of mind. Yeah. And some free time, too. 
Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> yeah. I'm here for my daughter when she needs me. That's the bottom. Right. right. And right now she's a she's a she's a principal's list student. You think she better be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She yeah. completed her first year of middle school on yeah. uh, the 93 average. So. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And she's very lucky to have you as a mom. So that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how how is that? Like how how is it raising a daughter in 2020 with all the social media and right. all the stuff going on? How, what are your fears and what what is the one thing that you're focusing on now? Now that she's 12, she's 12, yeah. right? Yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, she's so tall. I know. She's older. <laughs> Um, I would I would say um, being able to have an open communication and an open dialogue with her, um, especially with all of the the what's the word I'm looking for? Let's say inappropriate things that could be online um, at this point in time. And we talk about things all the time, she and I, about uh, okay she knows the difference like what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and um uh and i know these kids they're forever sending each other uh inappropriate things to each other in text messages and stuff and i'm not afraid of her seeing something that's inappropriate um what i the lesson that i told her with regards to specifically that is that that cannot stay on your hard drive or on your camera roll. Like you need to delete it immediately, right? right? People lose jobs over having inappropriate things on their on their equipment. And I and I told her that uh, if that she could possibly get expelled from school for having inappropriate things. So if someone sends you something inappropriate, delete it. Delete it. Delete it. I agree. Just keep it. We just keep an open dialogue. We talk about things. That's great. And you had mentioned before that that's one of the things that you're working on on yourself, like making sure that the legacy is intact. You're going to put all of those old videos on there. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all there. And she's getting a kick out of it because even she I love that seen it, but it's on YouTube now and she's on YouTube. And so she's looking at my the stuff that I did 20 years ago. And she's like, wow. She's totally fascinated by it. I know. And she should be, yeah. And speaking of uh, legacy, I'm all about intergenerational wealth, you see. Because aside from these occupations of my interests, right, I'm very big on investing at this point in time. I've been working on it. I started investing late, late in life uh, five years ago. I'm not the best at it, but guess what? I'm in it. You know, I, right. I, I'm in it every every morning. Um, I've got CNBC on. I keep an eye on the markets because every move that I make financially, financial-wise and other is for her, for her benefit. She's the one that I just want her to be able to have resources that if she wants to do something different when she's finished with her education, that she's got the resources. Okay, there, there you go. Uh, she's got it. She doesn't have to, 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 to worry well, how can I do this? I, I want to do this, but how? You know, where's this money coming? Right. And that's something definitely they're not going to learn in college or in Absolutely school. not. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely yeah. not. And there's a whole population of people that are raising their kids that 
they make money um, by clicking the mouse on, online on their computer. And that's where, that's where I've been. I go to, I've been going to conferences and I've been learning more, expanding on my knowledge. I practice it. And it's just a matter of time uh, before um, I get to the next level at it. Yeah, and I and I noticed that I noticed that um, having conversations with people our age, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say because you know we're in our late twenties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're learning kind of late, but um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I did. I I do um, end up speaking with a lot of people, and that's why I want I want this podcast. Um, to go, you know, into the places where it really needs to go into, because mm-hmm. I did notice a lot of. I'm retiring in five years. I'm going to mm-hmm. be 55. But what I wanted to know what now is how. Oh my God, I could I could have done this a long time ago. I could have had a coffee truck and make 150 thousand dollars a year and That's tax write right. everything. I That's mean, right. if I would have known that at 20. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the the day trading that I do, um, these guys that I, I subscribe to and that I trade with, these guys have been doing this since 1999. Well, guess what? No one had a conversation with me back in 1999 that this was an option. It just makes me angry, right? And I try and t- talk, spread the word, say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm learning. And everybody is just, no, I just want to stay with my nine to five until I retire and then I die. <laughs> the traditional thing, yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I mean, some people just, they just like to stay safe. But this is why I invited you, because I know that you have that knowledge of what what else can I be doing. That's um, right. Because especially now, there are so many people that got laid off. There are so many people that are scared now that they don't know what they're going to do. Right. And they don't have plan B. Um, so before we end this, I want you to tell us a little bit about what you see in the next, oh, wait, wait, we have to talk about that documentary you made. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So um, I, I had, uh, before I made my documentary, I had made a short film uh, back in 2004, a nine minute short film comedy. Uh, the title is Closure about a woman on 10 dates and the bizarre things that the dates say to her. It was my true story, hilarious. Screened in 20 film festivals throughout the United States and uh, London, England. And every time my film screened, there I was traveling to that festival because they always do a Q&A. My, screen, my, my film was not screening without me. So once that was well received, I went on, I wanted to do this documentary about a flight 587 that left JFK Two months after 9-11 happened, uh, it left JFK, headed to Santa Domingo, and it crashed in the Bell Harbor section of Queens. So the angle that I used to make that documentary, my documentary is about 52 minutes long. The angle that I used is um, I wanted to uh, uh, cover who was on the plane. So I interviewed about five families and they talked about losing their loved ones so abruptly and what their lives have been like since losing their loved ones in that way. Right. Like a little memorial to, to the people on the plane because their lives mattered. And no one seemed to care about that particular flight. That particular flight is the second worst air disaster on United States soil. And I guarantee you, as I speak, that people that are looking, whoever looks at this 
this interview is going to think, well, gee, I didn't even know that happened. I, I encountered that all the time. So I wanted to make a difference and do something about it. So I made, I made it. Um, the problem is, is that there's not a market for sad stories. Um, as I learned after making the documentary, because it is a bit of a sad story. Right. Um, so um, it screened at a handful of festivals and I've done private screenings with it. Um, I'm kind of like in limbo with it now. Um, I'm, I, 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 thought I would have it distributed. I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to post it online. Uh, it is called Flight 587 Honor. Uh, I did make a Facebook page for it back in 2008. It's there. Um, so if you'd like to host um, a screening uh, for Salty Poppy, I, I'll gladly. I'll gladly. What, was, what was the anniversary date? Do you remember? Do you remember? The end of the crash? Yeah. November 12, 2001. Okay, so we can definitely talk about doing something like that for next month. Yes, I would love to. Um, and with that said, I am so happy that you made it today, um, that Thank we're you. both in Zen and relaxed and free. free. <laughs> yeah, yeah operative word free. Free. Yeah. And um, it, can you give us the name of, again of your YouTube or do you have a website? Do you... Or I can post it later on where people can reach you for any of your, you know, makeup artists. If there's yeah. someone out there that needs that, um, yeah. for their magazine, their wedding, or anyone who needs their tax prepared. You can or if anybody them. wants the glitter lips. I know. I love, oh my God, I just need those and the shoes. Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And what's that color? What's the, the color? This color is called Ace of Spades. Um, oh, I see that. Or if, if anybody wants it, by all means, please contact me. Yeah. Contact me. Okay. Carry it. It's one of the things that I carry. So you're going to um, give me your information again so that I can post it. Um, on every. So this is being shown live on my Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash Wanda's Salty Coffee. And then the Salty Coffee podcast on, you, on YouTube. But I will be sharing it with everybody and you can share it as well. Okay, um, great. JD, thank you again so much. You're, You're so beautiful. Thank Your daughter you. is amazing. She <laughs> has the best Wanda. mom ever. And I'm, I want to thank you. I don't know what else. Um, My pleasure. I, I got some stuff for you also. Okay, okay yeah. cool. But All we'll right. talk, we'll keep in touch. And um, I'll let you know. Um, about the flight 8587. Okay, great. Thank, okay. thank, thank you. All right, you're welcome. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for joining me and JD today. This was awesome. Um, for those of you who are still watching, thank you for uh, tuning in. And I am going to post every information from the makeup that I'm wearing to the jewelry to my top and I will post JD's information once again. My website is www.saltycoffeellc.com, one word. And I'm so happy that it's Sunday. And tonight live, you're gonna meet Maria Hernandez. She is the author and screenwriter of Trapped. This is her book, the first one, Trapped. And she did a film. So you're going to meet her tonight. I love you all. Take good care of yourselves. And see you soon.
Mwah.